Well, good morning and, and happy new year. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Donald Jackson. I am, get the honor and privilege of being the student minister here at Travis. We've been here, my wife and I, for about a, a year and a half, um, maybe two years come May, and we are just we feel so loved and, and are blessed to be here. Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to John 4. John 4, we'll, we will be looking at verse 46 through 52. John 4, verse 46. Here we go. So he, Jesus, came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we enter into your word and as we study it, that we would let these words affect our hearts so that ultimately we can continue to grow into your image. Put us all in your name. Amen. My wife and I, we've been uh, married for about four years now, four years and actually two days. And when we first got married, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, when we first got married, a lot of people asked us the same question over and over and over again. And what was interesting is they asked us this question like a week after we got married. And it was this simple, simple question. How's marriage? Now, after a week of being married, I don't really know how to answer that. I think it's great. They'd be like, well, how was the honeymoon? Well, my honeymoon was awful. And I'm not joking. Our honeymoon was absolutely horrific. The day after my wife and I got married, we got on a plane and went to Riviera Maya, Mexico. See, I booked this extravagant um, vacation at this amazing resort. And I knew it was gonna be amazing because I got it through Costco, which every good thing that is right comes through Costco, right? That's right. And so we get there and I'm, I'm laying, we're laying out by the pool, just relaxing and enjoying each other's company. And I looked over to Celeste, I'm like, Celeste, I'm not feeling good. She's like, well, maybe just tired. Like we just flew like eight, it was a 12 hour trip because we got married in Washington. Um, so it was a long, long way to get to Mexico. She's like, maybe you're just tired. Let's go take a, take a nap. So I went, took a nap and I woke up and I just felt even worse. I felt like there was like 200 pounds on my shoulders just weighing me down, like walking hurt. My head was absolutely killing me. Like I just felt miserable. I had COVID during the snowpocalypse and like this was worse than COVID. It was, it was bad. And on top of that, like the resort was not the greatest either. They wouldn't let me bring food into like where we, where we were staying into our room. And so like I had to get out every day to go eat. Like it was just, it was a miserable, miserable trip. Well, there came a point where um, it was the third or fourth day that we were there that I woke up, it was about 2.30 in the morning. I woke up and I looked over. My wife was, was not in bed with me, and, but I, I heard some crying going on in the bathroom. So I walked over and, and there she was on her hands and knees crying and praying. Praying that her husband would not be sick and would get better and that the Lord would comfort me during this time and that everything would, would go right. And in, in that moment, I recognized two things. One, I definitely married the right woman. Um, but, but two, like she was willing to do anything to make me feel better. She was willing to go above and beyond to get me the medication that I needed to, to get 
literally a hundred people to pray for us while we were on this trip. Like she went above and beyond just to make sure that I would get better. Well, in today's story, we see this official who was willing to do anything, anything to save his son's life. See, right before we get to the story, what we see is we see Jesus coming from Samaria, right? We, we y'all know the, the, the story of Jesus witnessing to the woman at the well. We just got done witnessing to the woman at the well. He's coming back to Cana, which is in Galilee. Now, a little bit about Cana. Jesus had already been to this place. In fact, this is the place where Jesus turned water into wine. And so Jesus is walking into this place with a lot of people who want to see him. I mean, imagine if there was a man here in Fort Worth who like could turn water into Diet Coke, right? Like you would want to be there whenever he came to Fort Worth. You would want to stand right next to that person because he could turn water into your favorite drink. He could perform signs and, and wonders. And so everyone wanted to be around Jesus. So we have Jesus walking in and there is this crowd around him. We know that there's a crowd for two reasons. One, some of y'all's translation says that he was welcomed in, but then also if we go down and we look at verse 48, we're going to go back to verse 46, but real quickly, in verse 48 it says, so Jesus said to him. This word him in the Greek was not just meaning one person, but in fact Jesus is talking to a crowd of people. So there is a crowd following Jesus. Now, in this verse, in verse 46, we also see that there is an official, or as some of y'all's translation says, a royal official. A little bit about this guy. One, we know he's a part of the Roman Empire. Some scholars would argue that he's high up within the Roman Empire food chain, like he's right next to Herod. Although we don't really know that, but we do know one thing. We know that he is really, really rich. He has a massive house. He has a big household. He has a lot of bond servants. Like this guy has a lot of money and his son is very, very sick. So we know he's gone through all the options. He's found uh, physicians to see if he can take care of his son. He's looked for, for medicine. He has done whatever he could to heal his sick little boy. But here we go in verse 47, when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him. Now this man, he lived in Capernaum, and so he had to travel about eight to 10 hours just to come and see Jesus, because Capernaum was about 30 to 40 miles from Cana. So he had to go a long, long way just to find this man, Jesus. So he heard of him, he went to him and asked him, this is verse 47, asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Now notice real quickly in in verse 48, what Jesus's response is. Is He says, so Jesus said to him, which is a crowd, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now put yourself in the official's shoes. You go up to Jesus, this man who you know can perform signs and wonders. You're like, Jesus, my son is about to die. Come and heal him. You're expecting Jesus to be like, okay, let's go. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't say yes. And he doesn't say No. He says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. 
And we got to remember that he's not just talking to this official, but he is talking to everyone. He's talking to everyone. He's telling everyone, you all don't really know me. You just believe that I can perform these really, really cool miracles. But you just seeing that I can perform miracles does not mean that you believe in me. This official did not hear the answer that he wanted. Jesus did not give him a yes or no answer. And so he's kind of confused, like, well, what's going on? You see, in this instance, Jesus is taking this official down this path and down this great journey so that this official can come to a greater outcome than even he could have imagined. Back in uh, 1995, um, I wasn't even born yet. Um, but back in 1995, there was a captain named Captain O'Grady. He was in uh, the United States Air Force, and he served overseas during the Bosnian War. Now, Captain O'Grady, he, he flew F-16s. Um, he was an amazing pilot, and he was an amazing survivor. One day, while Captain Grady and another pilot, there's two F-16s, they're flying together over Bosnian airspace. And while he was there, the enemy, they spotted two F-16s flying overhead. So what they did was they got these, what they were called 2K, 12K missiles. These things are massive. They're like 10, 15 feet long. Like they will take anything out. Well, these two planes are flying over enemy airspace and the first missile comes straight up right in between the planes. And then seconds later, the plane, the radar in the F-16 just gets in there, beep, 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 beep. And then all of a sudden, Captain O'Grady's plane was cut right in half. Now, the other pilot, he thought right away, oh my goodness, like he, he's gone. There's no way he survived that. Come to find out milliseconds before that 2K, 12K missile hit that ship. Captain O'Grady pulled his ejection seat and his parachute opened up and he was able to float right in to enemy territory. Now he was there for a couple of days by himself. He wasn't able to make radio contact for about two to three days until he finally found a sat phone. During that time, he was able to find a survival pack. And so he, he survived out in the wilderness in enemy territory for around a whole week. The great thing about Captain Grady is that he was a very, very strong believer. He loved the Lord. Later on in life, he went to go get his master's at Dallas Theological Seminary and is still doing amazing things. But after a week of him being in enemy territory, he finally was able to get a hold of the Marines and then to come and save him. And this man, he credits this amazing journey to the outcome of where he's at now. See, right now, Captain O'Grady is actually working with the United States government and he has put a lot of things into place to help protect the United States of America and our security here. And in his book that he wrote, he, he, he says a lot to the fact that like, I would not be where I'm at now if it wasn't for the journey that I went on. See, this, this official didn't want to go on a journey. He just wanted to be there. And a lot of times in our life, we don't want to go on the journey that the Lord takes us to. We just want to get there, right? He leads us down the path of righteousness, but sometimes you just want to get to the righteousness. 
You just want to be there, and you don't want to go down that path. But Jesus, Jesus knew he needed to be led. He knew that he needed to go on this journey. Because when the official was like, hey, I need you to come and perform signs and wonders, Jesus is saying to him, the gospel is not just come and see. The gospel is more than coming to me and seeing miracles. It's more than just coming and watching me heal your son. There's more to that. Let's continue on in verse 49. The official said to him, to this crowd and to this official, Sir, come down before my child dies. I just picture this official sobbing in tears. He has wasted, not wasted, sorry. He has, he has gone through all of his ways that he could heal his son, contacted, contacted anyone who could heal him, can take care of him, medication, all that stuff. Jesus is his last hope, and yet Jesus is not saying yes. And so he's just like, Jesus, please, sir, come down now. A lot of people and a lot of scholars, they believe that Jesus in this moment was rebuking the the man when he says, you just want to see signs and wonders, but I don't, I don't think that's true. You see, C.S. Lewis, he, he once said that the hardness of God is kinder than the softness of man. God's simply saying, you just want to see signs and wonders. It's not him being harsh. Him, him saying, I'm not going to go, it's not him being harsh. It's him loving this man well. And a lot of times, whenever God says no to us, it's not him being harsh to us. It's his kindness flowing out of his heart. It's hard oftentimes, though, to, to trust in, in Jesus blindly, right? Especially when we don't know the outcome of the future, but right now, in this moment, Jesus is asking this man to put his son's life in his hand and to trust. Let's continue on in verse 50, and we see that Jesus said to the man, go, and your son will live. Now, this is, this is a very interesting part in this story, because look, look at what the Bible says. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he what does that say? He what? He went on his way. Not only did this man believe in what the Lord was doing, but he, he trusted and he obeyed. He didn't just stay there. He just got done confronting Jesus, saying, Jesus, come with me. And yet Jesus said, go, your son will live. And he trusted and obeyed. Uh, about two years ago during this time, uh, my wife and I, we got a call from, from Pastor Drew. We were serving at a church uh, in Ovilla. I was a part of the family ministry team there where I, I mainly focused on, on children's ministry, but then also helped out with youth ministry while I was there. He called me. He's like, Donald, I, uh, I, think, I think this position would fit you well. It's youth ministry. Um, the people here at Travis, they are, they're amazing. I, I really think you and Celeste would, would fit in well here. I want you to pray about it. So for about two months, my wife and I, we went through this process of praying and seeking after God. I, I called some, some friends and some family members who, who knew me really well, who knew my heart, who knew my desires, knew where I wanted to go in ministry and asking for their advice if this was, this was the right decision. After two months of praying, Pastor Drew called me up. He said, okay, we doing this? Are you going to apply? And even though we said yes, of course, there was still some, some fear that was, 
that was upon my wife and I. We were afraid, like, is this church going to fit as well? Are we going to build relationships here? Is youth ministry really where the Lord wants me to be full time? We used to live in the country. My wife has never lived in the city. The country is very different than the city. Like, are, are we going to like living in, in the city? All these different thoughts and fears and, and anxiousness was, was coming over us. But there came a point um, when my wife and I were, were going through this that the Lord just, just spoke to us. And we're like, you know what? He, the Lord has opened a door. And all he asks for us whenever he opens a door, he just asks us to simply walk through it and be faithful, knowing that ultimately he is always faithful. Knowing that ultimately, no matter what happens, that he knows the outcome of the future. He, he knows what's going to happen with my and my wife's ministry here at Travis. We are called to just be faithful and follow. And let me tell you this, church family, after only being here uh, a year and a half, I can honestly say that my wife and I, we feel in incredibly blessed. We, we love this church. We love the city of Fort Worth. I, I love working with youth and, and seeing all that the Lord is doing in the life of the youth ministry. Like he is doing some incredible things. Students are, are coming to know the Lord. They're getting baptized. Like it is, it is a sweet time to be a part of the youth ministry here at Travis. I love working with the staff. We have an amazing staff here with, with the elders and Pastor Drew. Like we feel incredibly blessed. And the Lord, whenever we were coming here, he just said, be faithful, Donald and Celeste. Know that I am in control and I will be with you. You see, tr trusting in Jesus can be a hard thing. But trusting in him ultimately leads us to a belief in everything that Jesus has done, everything that Jesus is doing, but trusting in Jesus also leads us to trusting in every single thing that he is going to do. And it can be a hard thing and a lot of times to put our trust in him. There are two areas in, in my life and I believe in, in a lot of people's lives that we can find hard to trust in Jesus. One is, is change. Change, unfortunately, is inevitable and it's going to happen. A lot of us this last year in 2021 went through a lot of change. Whether it's financially or uh, relationally, a lot of things happened. Maybe, maybe some of y'all lost a loved one. And you went through just dark and hard times. Maybe for some of you, 2021 was the greatest year of your life. But ultimately, we all know that whenever we go through change, whenever we go through trials and circumstances, it's hard. And it's hard to trust God and know that he's there, especially when you're going through those hard times. The second thing that I, I think is, is a hard time to trust the Lord is whenever we're trusting him with our future. The future is going to happen and something's going to happen in the future, whether we know what it is or not. 2022, we don't know how the year is going to end. We don't know who's going to be elected. We don't know what's going to happen within our government, within, within the economy, within our relationship. Fi financially, we do not no. And that can, be a, that can be a very hard thing to put our trust in. When, uh, this last summer, my, one of my students, he pulled me aside and he asked me, he's like, Donald, why should I trust in God? Like, I know who he is. I, I, I've heard all the stories, but why, why should I trust him? 
Things aren't going my way in life. In fact, I've gone through a lot of hardship in my life. Why, why, why put my trust in, in him? You know, there, there's no like big, deep theological answer to this except for this, the, these simple truths is that our God is a loving God. He is a gracious God. He, he is merciful when we do not deserve it. He, he shows us grace every single day. He shows us love unconditionally. I believe that that is a God worth trusting in. You see, this official, he put his whole trust, his son's life in Jesus's hands. Let's close by, by reading the rest of this story in verse 51. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew that the hour, that that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. Now let's not, let's not pass over this next sentence. It says, and he himself, the official, believed. But not only the official was in all of his household. You see, the gospel is not just come and see, but it is trust and obey. Obey in what the Lord has for us and the command that he has for us, which is to go into this world and to see those who are far from God come to know the loving goodness and graciousness of our Lord and Savior. So Travis family, my, my encouragement to us this year is that we would find areas in our lives in which we, we lack in trusting in Jesus and we would remember this truth that God, being so rich in mercy, loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to come down from perfection, to come down from glory, to live on the sinful earth, to be an example for us all, to die a terrible death, to defeat death, to rise again and to go and sit at the right hand of the father. And here's the best part. He ain't going anywhere. He is always on his throne. There's nothing that can happen in our government. There's nothing that can happen in our personal life. There's nothing that can happen financially within us. Jesus Christ is not going anywhere. And we can find our hope. We can find our comfort and we can find our trust in that truth. Because ultimately, us trusting in, in Jesus, it leads us to a belief in every single thing that Jesus has done and everything that he is doing right now, but in everything that he's gonna do in the future with an outcome that we don't know because he is always and will always be faithful. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, you are a, a good, a kind, loving, and faithful God. Father, I pray for, for this year, for 2022. I pray that ultimately that we would find areas in our life where, where we lack in trusting in you, and we would just recognize that you are a faithful king. 
that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that you are on your throne forever and ever. God, I pray for this church family as we move forward into 2022. I pray that you would do a, just a miraculous thing within our lives. Change each and every single one of our hearts for your honor and for your glory so that we can go out into this city, into this county, and into this world sharing the good news of the gospel because your gospel is not just about coming and seeing, but it's about believing and trusting in you and following after what you have in store for us. Thank you, Father, for the love that you show us. We pray this all in your name. Amen.